Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about the specific tools that your school uses for communication. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanted to ask you about your plans for engaging parents in the learning journey of their children. How do you do it, and is it working? I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Bamboozle. Bamboozle is an easy way to make your own teaching games. I haven't used this for very long, but I've found some very practical and useful ways to use this tool in a classroom, including allowing students to create their own learning games to demonstrate their understanding. It's easy to use and easy to create games. However, you can't go too deep. It's pretty surface level. With Bamboozle, students play in groups rather than as individuals. The groups choose a question and answer it verbally, and then the teacher can record whether their response was correct. Use the group quizzes to check overall class comprehension, review topics, or see generally what students know before starting a new unit. Teachers will not get a sense of how an individual student is doing, however. If they want to use the quizzes to teach something rather than review, teachers can show the questions to the class using the slideshow feature, or let the groups study the questions on their own with the study feature. Browse through collections by number of questions or when they were posted, or make your own. There's also an extensive list of languages I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, bamboozle.com. Last week, we talked about Google tools for the classroom. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to flip the coin for tools and look at Microsoft-specific add-ons and tools for all of you that are in a Microsoft ecosystem. Again, I use the same criteria from last week before choosing tools, and because I'm not as familiar with Microsoft, I also reached out to many colleagues, leaders, and friends in this field to help me out. Here are the top eight curated Microsoft tools for education. Number one, MindMap. It's a great add-on to Teams. MindMap is a mind-mapping application you can install in Microsoft Teams. It lets you jot down all the ideas and explain them to your teachers or students without leaving Microsoft Teams. As it's possible to integrate this app into a team, students can use it when working with their friends on a school project as well. Number two, LucidSpark. Another great add-on for Teams. When you're teaching a class, having a whiteboard is far better than sharing your screen with students. LucidSpark helps you have an integrated whiteboard, allowing you to write down anything you want, from writing maths equations or chemical equations, you can write almost anything in the Lucid Spark app. It includes an unlimited number of canvases, freestyle drawings, and sticky notes. Number three, Peer Deck. Peer Deck has two benefits. It helps you share your PowerPoint presentation with your students, and it has an interactive board to interact with them. At times, you might want to share your presentation with others for assessment. In those situations, you can use Peer Deck to get the job done. 
When you want to interact with your students deeply, you can use the same app. You can ask questions via the app and your students can answer them in real time. Number four, Minecraft education. A tool suitable for everyone and one of mine and my daughter's favorite tools in the classroom. Minecraft Education Edition is a game-based learning platform that promotes creativity, collaboration, and problem-solving in an immersive digital environment. Educators around the world use Minecraft to engage students across subjects and bring abstract concepts to life. Number five, OneNote. OneNote is your digital ring binder with sections and pages and easy navigation to keep you and your students organized from anywhere. With a personal workspace for every student, a content library for handouts, and a collaboration space for lessons and creative activities, OneNote for Education empowers students to create their best work. Number six, Flipgrid. As many of you know, Flipgrid is an incredible tool. It was purchased by Microsoft several years ago and made free for all educators. It's not going to be a new tool for most of you, but its integration into Teams and the rest of the Microsoft suite is seamless, and the ability to use this with learners of all ages is incredible. Number seven, one of my favorites, Immersive Reader. Microsoft's Immersive Reader is a free tool built into Word, OneNote, Outlook, Office Lens, Microsoft Teams, Reading Progress, Forms, Flipgrid, Minecraft Education Edition, and the Edge Browser that implements proven techniques to improve reading and writing for people regardless of their age or ability. And number eight, Reader Progress. Reader Progress is a tool that helps students practice their reading fluency. Students read a passage out loud while recording video and audio, and then turn their recordings into you. Create Reading Progress assignments in Microsoft Teams and track student progress over time in the Insights tab. What are your favorite Microsoft tools for education? I know I would have missed some out here, so please don't hesitate to share. I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Brett Salakis. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Brett Salakis, who you may know is at MR Salakis on Twitter with over 30,000 followers. Brett and I have been connected for many years, and it's a pleasure to not just know him as an extremely talented educator, but a friend. Brett is well known for his work in connecting and engaging educators in Australia and globally through Aussie Ed. As an inspirational educator and leader, Brett's worked in many roles and is now an education ambassador for HP in Australia. Brett, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Brother, I'm always ready to talk about education. (laughs) That's my thing, man. So pleased to have you here, mate. It's been such a long time and it's such an honor to always connect with you. Before we hit record, you know, we were talking about life throughout the pandemic and your journey in education. Let's jump into that straight away. You know, why don't you tell us a little bit about your current role, what inspires you to do what you do, but also what you've been going through lately? Yeah, look, as we were were just starting to talk, and and, and I'm glad we sort of pause before we could uh, go any further and actually launch into our conversation here. But for like a, like a lot of people, like a lot of students, and, and I guess like even culturally, society-wise, there's been a lot of changes. And I guess my, like a lot of us, I've had a, a, a personal change. And uh, for those of you who have met me, uh, I think um, I'm what 
in Australia we'd call a big unit, rather robust, rotund gentleman. I, I, I would say former, for those people who are listening in who uh, love their rugby, uh, I'm an ex-front rower, prop forward, a number three, the, the tight head. So uh, definitely a big unit. And, and that size has continued as I no longer... Uh, play as, as sport as vigorously as what I once did. But the, the pandemic actually was this huge big reset and it's a reset uh, for me in my physical being. Uh, and, and the big exciting part, um, Kempi, is that, um, as I was saying to you, I'm, I'm, I'm just over 30 kilos lighter than what I was two years ago pre-pandemic. So, <laughs> Wow, incredible. Yeah, but look, I've had a big career change and, and, and I like a lot of people who were perhaps um, passionate, like yourself and, and myself and probably a lot of your listeners who are passionate about education technology. The pandemic has been crisis, but an opportunity at the same time to uh, really be able to scale up and, and, and help uh, a lot of people and, and, and share our passion for things that we've been talking about for years and years and years suddenly it was uh, very much in the appropriate context for a lot of people. From a, a career path, I've had a lot of changes. From a, a, a personal path, physically, literally, uh, a, a lot of changes too. So it's it's been an interesting past couple of years. Yeah, mate, and so proud of you for doing that and jumping in and, you know, both personal and professional life. Um, I can just hear in your voice the change and it's just so exciting to hear. And diving into... The other part of the huge work you've done and, and why a lot of our listeners will know you, you're the founder of Aussie Ed. You've been inspirational for the connection and collaboration of educators in Australia and connecting them around the world. Tell us a little bit about Aussie Ed and how listeners can connect, engage and learn with you and thousands of others in this space. Yeah, look, look, Aussie Ed is, oh, look, it's something I'm so proud of um, and, and, and something that has been quite pivotal. Pivotal, but it, it, it really is a, a platform predominantly born on out of Twitter. Um, and I remember it, it, it started now nine years ago, could you believe, Craig? Aussie Ed is in its ninth year this year. So I've got to be able to have a bit of a a, a, a brainstorm with the, with the Aussie Ed team. Uh, and that's a big part of the success of Aussie Ed is that uh, whilst I might have been the first person setting it up and founding it and, and tweeting it out, it's the team that run it, that I've been able to sort of build around me, this incredible Aussie Ed uh, team. And certainly we've still got two of the founding members still part of the, the team that manage it. But I've uh, always tried to have about 10 or 12 sort of core people who then drive this whole entire community. Look, it's it's, it's been brilliant to engage with Aussie Ed. It's, it's still predominantly a, a, a Twitter chat, 8.30 on a, on a Sunday night. You use the hashtag Aussie ED, Aussie Ed. And we, we, we have a different topic every every Sunday. But it's the community build and the community feel that I guess has been its success. And and if I look back on myself, what I've learned and about my own skills is that uh, as much as I love teaching, uh, one of the things I'm very good at is bringing people together and, and setting up those communities. And we're just talking about um, you know losing weight and, and and being a little bit healthier. And at the start of the pandemic, during the first lockdown, I was talking with one of my friends, uh, Matt Joseph, 
and Matt's a really, really good guy, a lot of energy like yourself. I was I was calling him. He, he goes for a lot of walks in the evening. I go for a lot of walks in the morning. And, and given that he's in America and I'm in Australia, we often can, can talk to each other on WhatsApp uh, at the same time or I'm walking out at the same time. So it's pretty cool. And I, I think I was just mucking around with him at, at one point and we dropped this... Uh, phrase we should call ourselves the, the walking ed and uh, I, I think I took a screenshot of the conversation that we were having and, and, and tweeted it out and and it, it resonated with people uh, and, and people responded and 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 within a within a couple of weeks we had several hundred people using the the walking ed hashtag and we had all these educators during lockdown and during the pandemic actually coming together and from a mental health and mental well-being sort of sense actually looking after each other and uh and, and that, that gentle accountability of, hey, I'm going to get out there, I'm going to do something positive for myself and I want to be part of that community. And me starting with the lockdown and, and, and actually going out on these daily walks and gentle accountability of posting a picture or to the walking ed and, and then trying to manage my food a little bit better while I'm, I'm stuck at home and only a short walk away from the kitchen. It, yeah, it's, it's just led to some fantastic health changes and lifestyle changes and the, the kilos have been falling off ever since. I love it, mate. And I love the idea of the walking ed and I love the idea of your personal that ties into professional story that I think will inspire a lot of people to get out and get active. And, you know, I know that I'm a walker as well. I love to get out and I walk and that's where my brain just goes crazy. And I think of ideas and I, you know, record little sound bites of myself with the ideas that I'm thinking of. And I do a lot of that as well. I don't necessarily tweet it out, but I think that seeing those tweets is inspirational and whether people tell you that or not that's what it's all about seeing other people getting out getting active makes you want to get out and get active and embrace those conversations so thank you for for sort of leading that charge and and bringing that voice to everyone from around the world as well yeah it's it really struck a chord with people especially at at the right time if it's so quickly do we move on but it's easy to forget how uncertain and how frightening the early days, the early stages of the of the pandemic uh, were, and there was one lady who was was based on again um, the other side of the world to me who who had jumped on. She was a, a newly retired teacher. She had just come back from knee surgery, and she was feeling very much disconnected because her whole her whole community, her her, her whole personal network of being in her school weren't there to support her with her. Um, now being freshly retired, that she found this this little group of, and, and gentle accountability, that 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 support that a community can provide to each other. So she still felt connected to educators. We had that common bond, but she was able to sort of go through with her rehabilitation. You know, it meant so much to me. Like obviously, I got benefit from being held accountable with my exercise, but to look and see it making a difference, not to just the people immediately around me, but people on the other side of the world, it's very powerful. Uh, Incredibly powerful and should be so proud of the work that you've done in that space too, to inspire so many other people. Brett, let's jump into some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why, what's your favorite EdTech book? Oh, well, I I, I have a a soon-to-be favorite book about to come out because my very, very first book is about to to drop. But look, what's my favorite favorite EdTech book? Look, um, I guess I'm going to say I remember being very drawn 
to um, uh, Eric Scheninger's work a, a while ago, especially when I started to get into this space. Uh, I do love DeFore and DeFore, as I alluded to before. Um, I, I'm very much about community and DeFore and DeFore uh, really uh, have a lot of works, a lot of books around uh, building those PLCs and those um, learning communities and, and how to do that effectively. But I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to go for a book, one that's actually been sitting on my on my desk for probably now about the last six, eight months because I, I, I refer to it every now and then. And it's by a guy called Robert Green. And it's not specifically what's well, actually definitely not an education book. It's uh, Robert Green and it's The 48 Laws of Power. And it's the, the teacher, the learner in me loves it because there, there's a lot of lessons in here. At the same time, the teacher and the empathetic aspect of that grapples and, and, and has difficulty with this book because it is a book that is very Machiavellian. Uh, it, it, it's a book that, in fact, it actually quotes Machiavelli uh, quite, quite a bit, but it has these uh, rules, these laws, so that if you're entering new situations or new dynamics, uh, how can you ensure that you have enough power in that dynamic to be able to achieve what you're trying to achieve. So you can see that that sort of thing can be very much misrepresented by maybe a, a ruthless businessman or uh, someone who is quite uh, lacking in empathy and just trying to seize power for the wrong sort of reasons. I actually came to it via my love of rugby and wanting to be a more Originally, a more effective rugby coach it was actually the rugby circles and the coaching circles that I that I learned about this because it, it came up as one of the the recommended sort of things with um, Sun Tzu uh, and the, the Art of War, who who I base actually a lot of my teaching on. Um, with these forty eight laws, they have these these different rules, these different ways of being, and then he gives historical uh, examples of these particular laws and how they played out and what we could learn from them in a, a modern-day sort of workplace scenario. So um, certainly for me, transitioning into a more corporate sort of entity, that has been uh, something of a, of, a, of a benefit. But I'm actually thinking, you know what, this, this book would be very useful and very powerful for a lot of people who are either looking at leadership or even looking to have more behavior management or more effective behavior management and, and, and control uh, with their with their class. Absolutely. By the way, we'll make sure the link to this book and your own book are in the podcast notes as well. What's your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try? Oh, my go-to edtech tool. Um, oh, that's a hard one to, to, to bring down. Do you know what? I'm going to go two quick ones because I was just presenting them at a teach meet last night. So Prezi Video, I'm using Prezi Video uh, a lot at the moment, especially with my uh, digital presentations, only because in a, in a much more hybrid teaching way, we want to be able to show our slide decks, show our information, but at the same time still maintain eye contact and engagement with students. I think one of the first things you learn as a teacher is you don't turn your back when you're right on the blackboard, or that's how old I am. I did have chalk and writing on the blackboard or right on the whiteboard. Um, I remember learning that very, very quickly in the first couple of days of teaching. But I think we've sort of forgotten that in a digital presentation that um, you don't want to just share your screen and go away. You actually want to be able to still have eye contact. So Prezi Video is a, a, a tool that's different to the normal Prezi sort of concept in that you can just actually make any slide deck. So you can make your, your Google Slides, you can make your PowerPoint, 
you import it into Prezi Video. Prezi actually still has its own little slide deck sort of generator within there, but you can um, present and it hovers above, uh, your slide deck can hover above you or, or over your shoulder, just like a newsreader with like a, a rectangle sort of there. So you can actually go through your slides, but still maintain eye contact with the students. If you feel like the slides are waved, there's just like these three little buttons. One can just make the slide deck uh, disappear. Uh, you click another button and it makes it appear during the um, over, over your shoulder. Or you can click a third button and actually takes up the whole screen. So it's really, really easy. Prezi Video the, is actually free as well. So um, that's really cool too. But um, look, that's a big one. I, I also like the, the digital escape rooms. I'm not going to explain that because I know this is a long-winded answer. But I will just say I've got a how-to video at Salakas, S-A-L-A-K-A-S, salakas.me slash remote learning. And I've actually got this whole big how-to video on uh, how to set up digital escape rooms. So if you want to find out about that, go to that link. Yeah, we'll make sure that I put that link in the podcast notes as well. Brett, always when we chat, you give inspiration, you give new ideas, um, you make me think. What's the best way for the listeners to follow and connect with you? Look, um, Twitter is probably my dominant um my, my dominant social platform. So uh, a bit like yourself, Mr. Kemp, I am at Mr. Salakis. I'm using LinkedIn uh, even more and more. Uh, I'm available on most of the socials, but LinkedIn and and Twitter would be the uh, would be the uh, socials that you want to follow me on uh, the the quickest. The the LinkedIn one is easy because again, I, I've got my own little custom URL. So if you just go to Salakis dot me slash LinkedIn, it will take you to my account. Brilliant, mate. We'll make sure those are linked in the podcast notes as well. Thank you so much for your time today, Brett. Inspirational as always. Brother, uh, anytime, anytime. And, and uh, yeah, any of your listeners, feel free to, to reach out if you've got any other questions. Next week, join me for episode 90 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by Angela Myers. Want to win a prize? Enter now at bit.ly slash edtechwin and we'll regularly announce winners of incredible prizes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.